Hello and welcome to the third part of our Frightfest 2022 coverage. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Good man, good. It's exciting to talk about Frightfest some more. Yes, we've got some more. We're just the, we're just at the halfway point. Uh, hopefully you guys have already checked out the first two parts um, because we'll have explained all the sort of why this is different to our usual shows. Uh, none of that news and all that stuff. Just talking about movies, really, because there's uh, plenty to get through, in fact. Um, and yeah, we're, really, we're, we're kind of halfway through day two at this point on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um or rather the Friday, I should say. Um, and this was our extremely busy day of seeing six films. Because um, we're crazy. Yeah, which is mental. Like, just as we, as, a, as an aside before we get into the first movie, I feel like six is a lot. Um, it, it, it's very fatiguing. I don't know about you, but I feel like my own personal threshold of watching movies on the big yeah. screen is, is sort of four to five. I think six as, is as, really uh, pushing it. Ace Ventura would say six movies is too much. Yes. I, I, uh, I, I think, yeah, definitely going into the discussion of the first movie we're going to talk about, like fatigue, movie fatigue, I think sat in for this one the most mm. um, because it was kind of, it just felt like it was movie, movie, movie. And, and yeah, the last couple and, um, you know, that we've already spoken about weren't exactly knocking it out of the park. And then that, mm. that fatigue then does sit, set in as well. And, and yeah, but but I think even if you watch six bangers, I'm like, mm. yeah, I don't, I, yeah, it's it's not ideal. I think I think definitely having that cheeky break in the middle of the day is definitely a pro move, especially if you see something that you're not too too keen on. But but you know, we we were not there for the full festival, so we thought we'd go large. Exactly, yeah. So um, yeah, next up, this was kind of our, our fourth film, as you say, of the uh, the Friday um, on the main screen uh, for a movie called Night Sky. Um, and yeah, this is yet another world premiere, like many of the films we've seen so know, far. A lot of world premieres. Yeah, almost all of them, pretty much. Um, mm. And yeah, this is a, a United States production as well. Um, mm. So yeah, what what is this one about? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this is starring uh, AJ Bowen and Brie Grant, um, who we've kind of we've seen in a few things, haven't we? I can't, yeah. I haven't got their IMDb's up, but uh, definitely familiar faces. And um, basically, um, I was trying to find the name of any bloody character in this, but there's nothing on the, uh, <laughs> on the guide. But basically, um, they are this kind of couple that are thrown together where. Um, she has these kind of um, unknown abilities at the start of the movie, but it's certainly kind of a lot of mystery around her and, and these abilities and kind of um, she needs to get across the country to go home. And um, the guy, because um, <laughs> I have no <laughs> names, AJ Bowen agrees to, to take her across country. And um, basically as that's happening, um He's a petty thief and he's trying to escape kind of um, an unknown kind of contractor slash serial killer that's after him. Um, and it ends up being a kind of cat and mouse kind of across um, across America. Um, where is it they go? And they're going to like Nevada, aren't they? I guess. I mean, yeah, that's like the like... Southwest America, yeah. basically. Yeah, something like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean you know, very kind of science fiction fantasy, um, kind of, you know, I think, I think any low budget sci-fi movie 
just has like sprinklings of Terminator in. Like the DNA of Terminator is on like most of these like sci-fi kind of you know movies that you see. And I think this one, you know, with them being chased, this cat and mouse, and I think the mm. the guy that's chasing them is very kind of you know ruthless and Terminator esque in what he does. And you know, it kind of had a bit of a feel of of that kind of cat and mouse, but. Um, you know, and and it is it, it does just amaze me that how many of these movies do have that. The sound, you know, this the soundtrack of this movie had kind of those those vibes that were you know is certainly going for it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, a, a, as I kind of said earlier on, like for me, I, I definitely think fatigue had stuck in for this movie. Um, I didn't I didn't dislike this movie, but I I was almost to the point where I was like, God, I need I need like a banger. I need I need something to really like you know wash away the cobwebs of the last couple of movies, and this one was more of a, a slow burn kind of character. You know these two characters. Um, you know the good thing about it is we've seen you know a lot of movies where we kind of see these group of characters. Um, uh, Daughter was one you know where it was a very small cast in in a very isolated location. Whereas with Night Sky, it's a it's a fairly limited cast, um, but we you know we go everywhere. They they really are traveling around, and we get to see you know a, a host of different locations and different scenery for it, which is certainly helps make it seem like a bigger budget movie as com- you know compared to some of these kind of low cast kind of you know single location movies. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't dislike this one. I, I certainly kind of, you know, I, I thought it was good and I think it kind of, it got me, like I say, in a bad place. What, when I was watching this movie, not wanting to watch a movie and I ended up coming out of it thinking that nah, was all right. And, and mm. I think actually if I wasn't as fatigued as I was, uh, if I'd have seen this like second in the day, as opposed to fourth, I think I would have probably liked this movie a, a bit more. Um, yeah. But it, it certainly suffered where it was in the day for me, and 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 so yeah, for me it was it was good. It didn't blow me away, but but certainly not not trash. Yeah, I completely agree. I think this is the movie that I'm struggling to remember the most out of all twelve, and I think um, it's because of the reasons that you said. Like this felt like oh man, I really needed a pick me up and a sort of a, just a change of direction um, because at this time the movies that we'd seen previously were all sort of slow burn indie dramas and especially yeah. i mean comparing it to next exit that we saw earlier today, which is another indie science fiction road movie involving a couple that is like unexpectedly thrown together um <laughs> yeah. you know it's the, it's the same plot basically um just with the actual sci-fi elements being completely different and so and that just nailed it in terms of like character and everything mm-hmm. whereas this was just like I say, it was all well done. Um, I wasn't bored, and I, and I found it to be quite a satisfying movie. But looking back on it now, uh, across the entire festival, I, I'm really struggling to remember it at all and what was memorable about it. Like, even a movie that we discussed on the last show that I didn't like, that I thought was definitely worse than this film, I can remember much more of that. Mm. Um, this was just... And again, I think it was timing was a problem um, in this slot on the Saturday when we just had extremely similar movies um during the day and i think that this would have been the perfect time to throw you know if we're just in like visitor from the future now that would have been a completely different vibe and a more comedy focused mm. film like a lot of the movies that we saw I on night one were. Zany. 
Yeah, I just I needed something different. I I even needed like a straight up horror movie, which we, which had been solely lacking, or mm-hmm. just a like you say something that's funny or something that's different. Whereas this was just oh, isn't this kind of you know this is a slow burn indie drama with well acted and interesting characters, and it's got some it's some cool stuff going on. But you have seen movies. I mean, I've seen movies like this before, but we had literally seen a movie like this in the same screen hours before, um, and I think that was all ultimately his biggest problem so yeah it it was fun and enjoyable um but i can't remember enough about it to even go in depth on on why i really liked it or disliked it it's kind of that one almost forgotten festival that i feel like in six months time i will remember movies that are clearly better than this and i will actually remember movies that are worse than it and i'll be like oh midnight sky what was that one again like even the title just isn't memorable no, and I think I think for me with it, I do remember it quite well, and I just remember that it didn't um, it didn't go there as hard as I wanted it to, mm. and and didn't kind of give me the answers to the questions when I wanted them. I think it was fairly obvious, like who she was and what she was trying to do, but I wanted to know more of like what her abilities are and what can and can't she do, and that side of it, and it was almost like as with all these things, they started to lean into the romance Mm. and lean into this relationship of these two people that would never get together and focusing on that way more than, you know, what can she do? What can't she do? Is she in control of her abilities and and all of that stuff? And I kind of, I think, I think, um, you know, when, when I was kind of watching it, it just didn't ever kind of go there with that. It just kind of, trundled along and everything it did was was you know good but but nothing kind of blew me away i think of next exit and i think of that scene when they're in the bar and there's mm. they kind of start having a drinking game with the, with the um with the bloke that's in there and it starts to go like hostile and kind of tense yeah that, that scene was fantastic and i kind mm. of think like that's exactly what this needed they needed them two to be chilling and then she has to use her powers because of a, a you know an outside source and not just the guy that's chasing him because he can't you know a la t1000 he can't just th- turn up every time because he's you know too powerful but it would have mm. just been fun if they were like you know when they were camping and they just stumbled across a couple of you know dodgy other campers that started to get a bit sinister and she had to kind of use her abilities you know something like that i think is where a lot of the time it was just them really getting to know each other traveling across country yeah. Whenever the bad guy got close, they just got the hell out of Dodge. Yeah, you know, and there was just—I I think that's where I, ne- I needed that confrontation. And it wasn't so much with the other killer; it was more just with with other third parties. I think was what what, what I would have liked to see, and I think that could have elevated the movie. And in the end, it ended up being pretty safe. And with the finale itself, I think it was all just pretty safe and pretty what I expected. You know. Um, they're all going to get, they're all going to clash together. The resolution was fairly obvious. And, and yeah, it was just, you know, it was packaged in a, in a nice, tidy way. I think, you know, uh, the, the, the makers of this movie can turn around and say, we made a really, you know, a decent sci-fi movie on, I'm sure, a, a very low budget. This is a really good feather in our cap for our CV. And, mm-hmm. and I don't disagree with that. You know, it was well acted, it was well made, everything else, but it just... It needed that special source to be an indie movie that I'm going to actually champion. And I think that's what it was missing for me. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree that there's so many times throughout the movie when it needed to actually remember that it was a genre movie, first and foremost, and actually start showing us those those scenes of cool genre stuff, whereas ultimately, every time the movie took a different path, it went straight to just, oh, it's going to be a romantic drama, and the more I think about it, the more I do actually remember now that, like, that stuff just didn't work for me at all. I remember thinking there was no chemistry between these two characters, and I didn't like them going in that direction, and I constantly wanted there to be an upset in the story or a reveal or something that would change the gears of the movie but sadly it never did that it was just nope these characters are just going to get to know each other and and they're going to kind of slowly get more romantically linked and it just at no point did that work for me you know again mm -hmm. we, we saw other movies at the festival that did that so well um mm -hmm. and, and and that part really didn't land for me um but yeah overall i still thought i agree with you i think this is a very decent movie um but yeah kind of moving on from that um as far as sort of changing gears go, this was a very rapid change of gears, thankfully. You wanted, you wanted a gear change, bro. I mean, you got it. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that this was one of the first movies I'd kind of earmarked for the festival, and it was mainly due to what was on the main screen, which I will just briefly mention, um, was Final Cut, which is the kind of French remake of One Cut of the Dead, um, which is two hours long. And I had zero interest in watching that whatsoever. I think it would have been a mildly interesting conversation for the podcast, given our love of One Cut of the Dead. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that would have been interesting, but I don't think I would have enjoyed watching this movie. Um, and so I always wanted to find something else, but this was kind of jumped off the page immediately and was like yeah we're getting tickets to that um and so this is uh eating miss campbell um which yeah this was back at the prince charles at uh, this time downstairs on the big screen um or yeah. the bigger screen of the two um and yeah another world premiere because of course um and yeah this is a uk production as well which yeah. is very nice and see and this movie is uh extremely british as we'll kind of get into it um yeah. but yeah this it's was sprinkling um, of american kind of high school in there but yeah so yeah, very british. that's kind of the whole crux of the movie isn't it <laughs> yeah, of like, yeah. so you know just the the other thing as a kind of a setup is this is straight up a trauma movie mm -hmm. um this isn't yeah, a trauma release or a you know oh we're inspired by trauma and we wanted to make her in trauma like no this is straight up a trauma movie which i wasn't sure about going in because no. um i was like there's a lot of things that like to be trauma whereas there isn't too much that actually is and so i was like oh, okay it's like a british take on a trauma movie which i personally hadn't seen before mm -hmm. um and yeah kind of that smashing together of cultures especially the kind of american high school horror movie tropes that they used in this movie yeah um but yeah what what was this one about Ooh, yeah, so uh, yeah, so it's from uh, director Liam Regan, and we got a really you know great introduction with this one. Kind of mm. Liam given a very passionate. It was the best one of the festival, oh, wasn't it? it? Was it was the intro. The best, yeah, definitely the best kind of you know live Q and A introduction. You know, all of that. This was the best one by far. Kind of Liam's passion for the movie really got me hyped for it before we watched it. The cast and crew all talking. Most of them were there. You know, there was a big turnout, and it just, it, you know, you could just tell. And I think this was by far the best audience as well. Mm -hmm. The the audience for this one, we were sat on the front row, and like people were in this movie. Like before the movie even started, you know, just for the intros and for Liam talking, people were losing their minds. And so you know that that as well. And it was what it was like nine o'clock on a Friday night, so it was yeah. the perfect scheduling for yeah. this movie. So it's so it's fantastic, and yeah, basically our lead uh, Beth kind of basically yeah she finds herself destined to 
be living inside a 90s kind of cliche horror movie, but in which where she can't kill herself and uh, can't, you know, she wants to commit suicide to get out of this never-ending cliche of a horror movie that she finds herself in. Um, but luckily enough, the school have, um, in a in a really risque, uh, <laughs> but I guess this is trauma, but mm-hmm. a really risque way that basically they're running a competition, an all-you-can-eat massacre, where the contest winner will get uh, the prize of a loaded gun, <laughs> where they can either choose to use it on themselves or their other schoolmates. And uh, obviously Beth wants to win to use the gun on herself and finally end it all. I mean, mm. this, th- yeah, I mean, I mean, that's a premise even to begin with. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, I, I haven't even unpacked half of it, but that's, that's just the cliff notes of the premise. Uh, this movie, yeah, isn't afraid to go there with, with its kind of messaging and what it's going to talk about. I know, you know, I, I think like we have to put trauma aside and just, you know, talk about this as a movie because obviously trauma movies are, you know, extreme or whatever, but we're talking about this in the context of what Fright Fest and like, you know, it is extreme and it is, you know, I definitely needed something like this that was just, it's funny. It's not taking itself seriously, you know, and it, and it really is just, um, not, not afraid to go there and not afraid to kind of, you know, have, have these tropes, talk about these, you know, school shootings, talk about suicide, talk about all these different things in a way that's just just trying to you know be a be a silly horror movie mm. and and uh, you know i really enjoyed it for that where it's like oh no we, we haven't got an agenda here we're not trying to tell you what's right or wrong really we we just we just want to have a really fun time and make a silly zany horror movie that hopefully you'll enjoy as well um and i think you know I, I was just thinking, like, I, I don't I don't know whether I've ever seen an actual trauma movie. I've certainly seen bits of um, Toxic Avenger and maybe maybe some other ones, but I don't think I've ever sat down and watched a full full one. Mm. Not not that I've ever like not that I'm actively avoiding them or anything. I just don't think, you know, they're not they're kind of like the modern day kind of VHS grindhousey type movies, aren't they? You know, they're not they're not these things that you're going to see on Netflix too often. No, um, they've been around for so long that they were kind of around when it was more popular and then they've just yeah. consistently continued to make the exact same type of movie for decades and that's what's so like kind of refreshing about trauma is like there's yeah. so many trends that happen in film and there's so many kind of what's pc these days what can you get away with the way culture changes and reacts to certain mm. things completely especially and in like, no, we're trauma yeah and they've stayed consistent and that was the thing of i've seen only a couple of trauma movies but they were a lot older than this one um i think they were both made in the 90s and so i was really curious to see what not only a 2022 version of trauma is but then also the british thing and i was so thrilled to find out that it wasn't softer in any way shape or form you know it was almost like aggressively against the kind of recent uprising and and we very much wanted to lean into just so many of the meta jokes and being like so self-aware and yeah this movie is like utterly preposterous from start to finish um in the best way possible it is just a complete goofball fest um it is straight up trauma it has so many good jokes um throughout that kind of hit a whole kind of smorgasbord of different things of like oh do you want us to make fun of direct other movies do you want to make us 
fun of like news things that have happened in the last few years you know culture or or like tropes in old horror films they kind of tick every or like british stuff as well like yeah. poking fun at different british reactions to things which i thought worked so well and those were easily my kind of the high point of just any time there was very specifically british references i really enjoyed them um and yeah, they just went there and delivered and they kind of nailed a lot of the things I'm looking for from a horror comedy, which is that it was absolutely hilarious when the horror was there. You know, they could have had maybe a bit more horror. There is a lot of times where I was like, man, we're seeing a lot of funny dialogue scenes um, mm. without horror. And I'm used to more with trauma, just constant like blood splattering in people's faces. Yeah, when they <laughs> when they spoke beforehand, they spoke about like the blood bath and the blood splatter. And mm. it was the bloodiest movie you're ever going to see. Like, uh, I certainly... You know, don't, don't get me wrong, like, it's not, you know, this this is still a hardcore movie. But, yeah, I was expecting it to be absolutely crazy. And, yeah, when when they when things happened, they were very good and they were violent and in your face. But, but yeah, it, it almost kind of, you know, the, this story wasn't conducive to having a high body count. Yeah. Um, and so they, they got it in where they could. Yeah, there's like a strange level of control with the amount of violence mm. in this movie, which is bizarre, but it it works. Um, and the other thing as well is the runtime. Like again, with a horror comedy, do not even try and go over that ninety minute mark. And this right. movie nails that. It's in the eighties. It's perfect. And so mm. I think for what it is and what it's trying to be, again, when ju- judging different movies, you're always going to have different criterias. And I think for this movie, they pretty much nailed the type of movie that they were trying to make. Mm. Um, they were trying to make. A a funny british version of a trauma movie and for me it absolutely worked and i think that again that the 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 schedule of when we saw this was perfect it was exactly what i needed at the right time of day um and so yeah like in terms of an actual movie it's very hard to kind of analyze critically because i don't even know if this is necessarily a great movie or even a good movie but my god was this so enjoyable and again i think this was a movie that you i kind of look at fright fest 4 where i want fright fest to elevate the experience um you know something like next exit for example i think i would have had this same experience if we'd have just found that on our own through the podcast um and don't get me wrong i'm so glad that we got to see it at fright fest on that lovely screen but i think that a movie like this we would have never seen really um or if we had i don't think it would have been remotely the same experience like what we had at fright fest so i'm so thankful for not only the the experience because it just really to me upped the level of the enjoyment of the movie overall definitely definitely i think um like you said this movie nails exactly what it's trying to achieve having you know like I say, i've not seen a trauma movie but i knew what to expect i've seen bits of it and and it was just awesome to see that you know insanely British feeling, but with this over the top trauma kind of tropes and 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 you know um, style around it. And and yeah, I, I I had an absolute blast. And like you said, I think with being in that fright fest audience and how buzzed they were, and how you know it's not often I want to be in a cinema where people are. You know, I think like Next Exit was a perfect example where I'm like, I just want silence for this. Mm. Like, but this one, like having people, I almost, I almost wanted like Scream Two, where there was just like fucking not actual <laughs> murders in the screen, but um, you know, at like the start of it when Ghostface comes flying across, I just wanted like props and shit like in there. I just wanted it to be zany as hell. I kind of wanted popcorn just so I could like drop it everywhere. Like yeah. I just, you know, my my biggest regret was that I didn't have alcohol with me. Like <laughs> we had alcohol pre going in, but I I wish I'd have brought some in with me because. 
the guy next to me that was chugging red wine made me very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you say like, like absolute it, champ. <laughs> <laughs> you have to respect it. Um, so yeah, yeah, the audience reaction really does amplify it because, like you say, with the amount of jokes there is, they're not all going to land or for me. So like, no. I'm I'm laughing at a good portion of the jokes, but then the ones that aren't landing for me, I'm I'm enjoying hearing them land for other people as mm. well. And so I think that adds to it of not just that. Oh, there's a joke on screen, and there's that awkward silence. It's like, oh no, other people are getting a, a joke from this, and then and then there'll be other bits that I'll really laugh at that might not land with other people. So yeah, it like I say, the the setting for this couldn't have been any better. I think I think this was one of the few of like, especially this day, the Friday, because um, yeah, all the first four movies we saw were all. I oh, know, so so daughter was on the Prince Charles, but like the other three on the main screen, I thought were too similar, and they should have mixed it up, yeah. especially looking at what was on the. The rest of the of the festival certainly on the sunday and the monday i feel like they could have done a slightly better job of making it sl a bit less of just all slow indie dramas on the friday um and this was exactly what i wanted at the right time like this was just so, such a good timing for this movie um yeah. but good yeah time. that was yeah very fun one indeed and that was not the end of our day that should never end it was not it's a weird one because it it, it did feel a little bit like a closer it did um with that, but we had another movie that also sounded very much like a like a closer. I mean, if you're going to have a world premiere um, at that eleven eleven thirty time slot at Fright Fest in the evening, you you should make a movie called Midnight Peep Show. Yeah, it's kind of like they they forced themselves with this one, didn't they? Because you yeah. you could not have put this at any other time, and they basically said that in the intro as well, where they were like, "We even talked about literally starting at midnight," and I'm so goddamn thankful that they didn't, because I'd have been dead yeah. at that point. Um, but like I say, another That's world premiere. Everyone for making a sensible decision. <laughs> yeah, um, another world premiere and another British movie, um, and yeah, that's the entire concept of this movie. Really, is centered around not only midnight, but in Soho, which is basically where we had to walk through after seeing this movie so this was a uh, an extremely meta experience for us well um, we, didn't, we didn't necessarily have to but we just chose to as well but exactly uh, <laughs> yeah of course but uh but yeah it was yeah basically centered around that centered around this um yeah the, this uh soho owned kind of peep show where basically every time our kind of um, protagonists kind of look through the lens of the peep show. We then got a short movie begin, and kind of that was the kind of idea around the wraparound. It took a, it took a little bit of time to get to that point. Like the wraparound itself is actually quite an in depth story, cohesive mm. story as well. Um, but then, yeah, when our lead character gets into the peep show, basically, then that's our kind of crux to get the. Um, to get the additional segments where basically every time he looks through the peep show lens, we then have a short movie play and, and that's how we get to see these different segments. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, do you want to go into this one? Yeah, like, I really liked this film a lot. I thought, I really liked the kind of setup anyway. I thought, oh, that's a real interesting thing. Again, the time and the place, I just thought, kind of merged so perfectly that it's, again, seeing this on our own, like, out of context, would have had nowhere near the level of impact. But I think seeing it at Fright Fest at this time slot, it was already, I, I felt more invested in the movie right off the bat. Um, and yeah, it kind of started very strong. And I think that the actual 
segments themselves are pretty good there's there's one in particular um that is very comedy focused which the movie in itself isn't massively comedy focused um but that segment yeah. was outstanding um and and, w- and was actually the best sort of saw parody we saw over the entire weekend even though one of the movies was literally saw parody, um which is funny but this was better um and, and it was just joke after joke after joke that continually landed for about 20 minutes of the segment it was just so good and so funny and i think that that's i i'd recommend people just check out this segment anyway um outside of this movie but i i overall i did really enjoy it and i actually was surprised at how all of the segments tied so well to the wraparound this wasn't your typical like i feel like vhs was always the extreme of like the the wraparound at times is so just bizarre and out there and and feels so disconnected in in a cool way that was kind of like one of my favorite parts about vhs was how like almost irrelevant the wraparound was because you never knew what the segments were going to be whereas this is very much like no this is the actual core story which we're going to spend a long time on and then these other segments are basically just fleshing out that core story um and so I thought all that stuff was really good. And the, the, the only downside, I think, to this movie is the, the runtime, sadly, um, was was mental. Uh, especially, <laughs> like, f- for the sixth movie of the day anyway, and it's starting this late, it's already up against it. And it needed to be, like, a trim 82-minute, I think, to really land with me. Um, and it wasn't. And, and obviously that's very hard to do with an anthology, but this was so obviously a rough first cut of the movie. Um, each this movie, segment, I think this movie was finished at, like, approximately 48 hours before like if if that and and unfortunately it feels that way and again it's it's actually a compliment to how much i enjoyed this movie because i i genuinely think each segment and the wraparound could easily lose 10 to 12 minutes Mm -hmm. like there's like over 30 minutes of this movie that you could cut off which is kind of mind-blowing and normally that would be such a huge turn off like normally i'd never sit here and be like yeah i really like this movie that could easily shave off 30 minutes but like the rest of it was strong enough it was just like especially that i'm thinking to the first segment i'm like it lands what it needs to do it's effective it gets in it gives you this kind of like home invasion thriller and then i'm like cool that was great and then it just goes on and it goes on and it goes on and it's like oh here's another character reveal and here's another and i'm like i don't need any of this shit like just go go back to the peep show set up the next segment it just it needs to move so much quicker and i think it would have landed because by the time we got to the finale which is then tying everything together and it's very story focused and kind of very kind of more in depth than i was expecting about going into what this peep show is and everything i was like again overall i'm actually impressed with how this is put together this is a way more cohesive movie than i was expecting and well made but it's just way too way too long and i know that our context of watching this movie is like the worst in terms of runtimes because i was just done at that point and so i definitely you know i i understand that feature movies in at that point like it's yeah it's a a problem definitely so like i'm considering that whilst giving my own opinion so i hope people will as well like yeah you could see this out of context and not have remotely a problem with the runtime like i do but i'm just given what my experience with it was and I, i could just feel like this needs to wrap up quicker but overall i still really liked it and it was pretty much what i wanted it was just this very like um I, the thing i liked about this was it was also one of the few just like straight up horror films that we saw like i say other than the um the one segment that was very comedy focused it was more just like no here's some tense cool creepy horror stuff so yeah i dug this movie and i think that if 
like it does come out at any point and i see that the runtime is a lot like at least 15 to 20 minutes shorter i'll definitely watch this again and, and, and see kind of was i right or was i wrong but I, i'd be curious because it says in the program as well 93 minutes mm-hmm. and again i don't know if it's six movie fatigue syndrome and i was hallucinating but this felt so much longer than 93 minutes to me um but again i really liked it so it's it it is a weird one because i'm torn uh what what did you make of midnight peep show yeah well i think the the exact same thing as you that when you have these kind of segments for horror movies you can't overstay your welcome Mm. i think that's the whole point of them that you're meant to be having a short movie experience and a lot of them are Longer than they need to be. I think the first one really sets a tone for that. When we get the kind of home invasion kind of um, uh, segment. And I think that one kind of, it felt like it should have ended about three different times. And it just <laughs> kept going and going and going. And it wasn't bad. Uh, no. like, certainly, certainly, especially like the first bit up until when I thought it was going to end. It was very good. Yeah, it's great. And the, the, and the additional parts of it weren't bad, but it just started to overstay its welcome. I'm like, okay. Like, I'm kind of done with this now. And like, you know, I think I think, you know, the best segments, the best short movies for these kind of, you know, um, for for these uh, movies are the ones that really do just hit you in the face and then walk away, you know, and I think kind of that's what this needed to do. It just needed to have more of a punch because even the the saw one that you talk about, that was a long ass segment. Yeah. And like, it was funny and it was really funny. And it was the best one, I think, as well. Um I'm trying to remember, did we get, how many segments did we get in this? Do you remember? Like, I, I, I remember those two. I'm struggling. Him. Yeah, I'm struggling and to I'm remember like, what the third one was. Yeah, same. Because I think um, the third one does tie a lot into the main story. Um, not yeah, to, so but there's kind of like the couple that are doing like a sex game gone wrong, yeah, basically. There's another, I was thinking that's like a, yeah, that's segment three or four. And there's mm. another, was there not another segment as well? I felt like I there was another one because we had the, you know, the, the home invasion, maybe not, mm. maybe that was it. Like the home invasion, the saw one, and then the, the, yeah, the couples with their little, uh, sexual escapades. I think that, I think that um, is the third one that then goes yeah. straight into the wraparound. Cause it's the it same. Is. Character, and, and it, yeah. And because it's the same character, it just, it, it does feel a little long in the tooth, but yeah, I still yeah. enjoyed this one. Yeah. I thought it was, I, you know, still really good. I think the, you know, the time slot was ideal for it. I think as well, you know, uh, you know, you touched upon it, like this, this being heavily set in Soho and clearly just shot in Soho, just randomly one, one night, like no, no, like, uh, closing anything down or anything major. They just went out there with some cameras and just filmed the people in the background with our lead character strolling around Soho. (laughs) And like that, that was just fun to see. And mm. I think it's especially fun because we'd been walking those roads like for one night already. And we knew when this movie ended, we would just be walking those roads again. And yeah. like that, that just, it, yeah. Again, like you talk about the the previous movie and, and for me, the fright fest experience is elevating a movie that, that, yeah, I wouldn't, that I wouldn't get that experience anywhere else. And, and you know, you hit the nail on the head for something like next exit where I'm like, had a banging time watching that movie, but I'd have a banging time watching that movie anywhere. And like, mm. it's a movie that I, and I, you know, I said it earlier as well, that there was a movie that I wanted silence for. Whereas Miss Campbell and, and this and Midnight Peep Show were two movies where I, I want chaos and I want Fright Fest and I want that kind of, 
you know excitement and elevation and 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 yeah the fact that this is centered literally filmed you know five minutes away from where um you know where where we're now watching it really does elevate the 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 movie and, and made it more enjoyable for me and and i do wonder like on a rewatch whether i would feel as positive about it and like if mm. if people pick this up after listening to this how they would feel about it because you know certainly being sat you know mere minutes away from those streets just, just uh, there's just something about it and, and like i say the fact that we knew we were gonna have to walk to the hotel after it like it, it just yeah it, it worked for that scenario is what i'm trying to say i think and and yeah and i don't know whether it'd work as strong outside of that but but still yeah i had a really good time with this one yeah for sure so yeah that takes us to the end of day two um obviously six movies by far our our busiest day you know twice as many Mm -hmm. movies as we saw in the other two days and yeah i thought it was a very good day like it started off strong um and then it ended strong and yes we had that low in the middle and and it's always the thing of like how much was it the movie's fault or how much was it just it's really hard to be you know keeping your attention for over 10 hours in a cinema in a day like it is a lot um so I don't know how much that played a part of it. But before we end uh, this part, um, I did want to briefly mention, seeing as we were talking about Soho, um, obviously we are massive fans of Last Night in Soho. Um, and I've mm. become rather obsessed with the movie since it came out. Um, and to the point that I'm just so in love with kind of the locations in particular and finding out where they filmed everything. And so we, you know, wanted to do that while we were here in London this time. Mm-hmm. And obviously one of the main parts of the movie for people that have seen it is ellie works in the toucan bar um and i kind of known that they had filmed a lot of it mostly the upstairs and the exterior and then they'd recreated some of the interior especially the downstairs um and so yeah we we made our way to the toucan um which was just awesome it was really really surreal actually being there after seeing the movie so many times already in such a short period like it's wild like i always forget that Psycho Goreman and Last Night in Soho only came out last year um, because they, they're you know, two of my all-time favourite movies and they have such a you know strong effect on me um, but yes, being there felt great and I love that there is at least some reference to Last Night in Soho when you're at the mm-hmm. pub but other than that it's just a cool British or Irish based pub um, in London that just had a very different vibe to it and we went to a lot of different places for drinks throughout for our time in London and this was by far the most yeah. enjoyable and I think that it's clearly going to become a staple now of Fright Fest going forward like we have to just check yeah. out the Toucan every time don't we? Definitely, definitely. It was it like like you said. I think you kind of nailed it. Really, it, it it just felt so cool being there, and and the fact that it it gave a slight nod to mm. Soho, but it, more than anything, it was just a pub that existed before last night in Soho, and and will continue to exist after it, and was just a fun place to go to get that nostalgia, but then was just a real deep in Soho experience as well. Yeah. And uh, one of the few places to get a good pint of Guinness as yeah, well. So, definitely. you know, it was, it was win all round, really. 100%. So, yeah, that was just super, super enjoyable. And I wanted to mention that. Um, but, yeah, that is it for our third part. Uh, stay tuned for the fourth part coming soon. Uh, thanks for listening, as always. And we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. Could I start that?